Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Thursday, February 23rd. Just in time for tax season, Canada Revenue Agency employees may be taking strike action. We speak with Mark Briere, National President of the Union of Taxation Employees, to explain why a strike is a real possibility and how the situation could impact you when it comes to filing your income taxes this year. The UCP government will table its next budget February 28th. What are Calgary businesses looking for in this new budget? We discuss with Deborah Yedlin, President and CEO of the Calgary Chamber. And finally, ready to cut down on the clutter and get your house in order? We catch up with Megan Golightly, host of HGTV's Go Simplified, ahead of her appearance at the Calgary Home and Garden Show this weekend. She shares some tips to get rid of the clutter and hear how doing so can improve your mental health. Canada Revenue Agency employees are considering strike action just ahead of tax season. Joining us to discuss the issue and how you could be impacted, we are joined by Mark Briere, National President of the Union of Taxation Employees. Good morning to you, Mark. And good morning to you and to your listeners. Thank you for taking the time with us. Uh, it's interesting because this time of the year, we, we know that we got to get things together to file our taxes, but a lot of Canadians might not know that there could be a disruption. Tell us about this potential strike and, and, and what's behind it, Mark. Well, uh, it is a last resort when you consider it to go on strike, obviously. Uh, so it's not uh, out of pleasure we're doing this. But uh, just to put things into perspective, our members have been without a contract before the current negotiations for eight of the last 10 years at the CRA. Uh, we've been waiting four years, twice in a row, before getting a new contract. So that's what, five years without even any wage increases. Unfortunately, the, the scenario has repeated itself in the last one on bargaining. We've been for, without a contract for more than a year now, uh, almost a year and a half, and the CRA did not even bother to uh, offer a wage proposal to our members while the federal government has offered not one, but two wage proposals to the four other PSEC bargaining units. So kind of a slap in the face, to be honest with you. So people are not happy. We're conducting strike votes. And uh, the, the objective is not to strike and shut down the CRA. It's to get them back at the bargaining table with a, this time with a real mandate to negotiate seriously and in good faith to get going, stop procrastinating and getting a contract. That's it. So you now we're done waiting. So that's, that's the issue. That's the thing. We're done waiting. We're out of patience. Uh, we helped out during the pandemic. Uh, you know, we, we answered the call when Service Canada had a hard time to deliver alone the emergency benefits of the population and the businesses. Sherry got a call. They asked us. We thought a contract for three and a half years. We said, sure, we'll do it for the population. That's where we're there for. But they had no recognition, and they seemed that to be hit by amnesia or something. So there's no, we're really serious. This time, we're done waiting, contacting strike votes. It's going very well. We're gonna, I'm sure we're going to get an overwhelming support from our members because they are exasperated. So the ball is in their court. The federal government and CRE, pick up the phone, call our negotiator, get down to business, negotiate so we can move on. If not, there will be a strike at the CRE during the tax season. So, Mark, what is the, the group, what are the employees looking for in terms of, you know, the contract, obviously, but are you looking for more money, looking for just job stability? What exactly is, is the wish there? Well, uh, it's exactly that. We want to have wage increases that are going to keep up with inflation. We also have a wage gap, a wage gap with the uh, employees working at the uh, Canada Border Services Agency. Uh, it's been created in the last 15, 20 years. And the reason why we compare ourselves to that group is because we used to work side, to, side by side with them uh, in the, the, uh, the time of the Canada Customs and Revenue Agency. And they created a wage gap 
through the years by uh, through the negotiations. So this is one aspect. The wage the wages are very important. Obviously, they are for everyone. Uh, the other one is uh, talking about telework and including it in the collective agreement. Our members have been working uh, for the entire pandemic. More than 90 to 95 percent of the employees have been able to work remotely, and that didn't prevent us from rolling out 210 billion dollars of. Uh, you know, emergency benefits, for example. So we want to discuss it. We want to uh, to bring more job security as well, stop the contracting out of public sector jobs. Uh, we also want to discuss, you have a call center in Calgary, a very important call center there. And uh, the, the conditions are not perfect in call centers, and they, they should be improved. Some of the, uh, you know, articles in the collective agreement are obsolete. The hours of work are very contentious. The employer is going to impose some things that we don't consider reasonable to the employees. Um, so that, very, that and other, are, you know, generally speaking, improvement in the work-life balance of our members. Speaking this morning with Mark Briere, National President, Union of Taxation Employees, should it come to the strike, uh, you know, and again, hopefully we can avoid some strike action, how would this look for Canadians trying to file their taxes? Can you, give, you paint a picture for us, Mark? Well, uh, we, we are conducting strike votes until early April, until April 6th. Uh, so we, we won't take any strike action before that, that's for sure. So the goal is still to go negotiate. But if we need to go there, then we will need to consider our options, our strategy, and to decide what, uh, what services we're going to withdraw. Um, during the tax season, there's millions of people calling uh, the call centers and the CRA to get the advice on their taxes. So that would certainly, could, something could be impacted, the, uh, the call centers and, and their services. Uh, the other one is the tax centers processing tax returns. So as I said, the, the goal is to put pressure on them to come back, negotiate, to avoid that. But if not, it would be slowdowns, be delays in processing, generally speaking. So that means that my best advice, and I've said it before, in, in case it happens, I would advise people to file their taxes earlier this year if you're expecting a tax return to avoid any of the things. Well, I'm sure there are but a lot of Canadians out there hoping that uh, you guys can get things settled and uh, get some sort of an agreement put in place so that it doesn't affect the rest of the country. Thanks so much for your time this morning, Mark, and breaking it down for us. You're very welcome. Thank you for, for having me this morning. Thank Have you. You too. Mark Briere, Union of Taxation Employees, National President. Mornings with Sue and Andy. Talk on FM. QR Calgary. All right, at 6.11, we talked about taxes. Uh, that's reality. Let's talk about something that you might consider reality, but mm. a lot of us have only read about or, or have seen in movies, and that is UFO sightings. we got the latest stats out. Might be skewed, Sue, uh, but in our nation, we have one city leading the charge with the most claims to have seen a UFO or most interest in a United, uh, United, unidentified. <laughs> it would be good if they were United. Unidentified flying objects. Yeah. And that's the city of Toronto, but we've had our eyes to the sky with these uh, Chinese balloons, allegedly, and, of course, other objects that we've been looking at as of late, and it made us think about it, because I've never seen a UFO. I have not either. We got a text, though, from Charles and Ingrid, who say, we saw a craft a year ago, and it was it was right over Calgary. It was not from our planet, and they say that MUFON confirmed it. Now, I had to Google what MUFON was, but uh, MUFON is the Mutual UFO Network. What? So they're sort of, um, let's see what they define themselves at, MUFON.com, M-U-F-O-N.com is the website. So I guess you can maybe, if you get them verifying your experience, 
it's a little more legitimate. So interesting that, you know, people have seen things over Calgary. And now we know there might be a, a, a UFO that was discovered on the beach in Japan. Did you hear about this? Yeah, it looks like it's a, uh, a, a sphere. It's, it's a, a big sphere. It's a big metal ball. It's got an interesting, uh, you know, color to it. Mm-hmm. People are saying, could this be a buoy that has been, you know, discolored over years? I don't think so, Andy. But it just kind of showed up. And, I mean, if it's near the water, people would know. They'd recognize. So that's interesting. I believe it's a UFO that fell from the sky. You think so, eh? Now they brought in a bomb squad to try and check because they were worried about what it is. But it turned out it was hollow. So there's nothing inside of it, which, of course, there wouldn't be because... The aliens know better they than that. Transport. They don't leave stuff Let's behind. Be um, there was some suggestions that it looked like the uh, something from Dragon Ball, you know, the popular manga series. Oh, yeah, yeah. But other people say it's obviously a UFO that fell from the sky. Wow. That is so... They're checking it out. They're trying to investigate, trying to figure out what this metal, what this... Is it truly a metal from our world, from our planet? We'll wait and see. Uh, maybe we just want. Maybe we desperately want to I find something. I think that's exactly what it is. We want uh, to know. I want to bring it back full circle because I learned what MUFON is, and that is, again, the mutual UFO network where they'll confirm or deny what you've seen. Right. But it's called MUFON, and I've, I've decided now that I'm going to refer now to muffins as, <laughs> hey, can, I please, can you please pass me that MUFON? <laughs> just to sound fancy. <laughs> it is. I like that. MUFON. It's kind of like, um, what's this, the shop that we like to go to? Which one? Veluvelage. Veluvelage, yes. or my favorite Mexican place, which is Tacotomy. Tacotomy. Some people call it Taco Time. <laughs> Next week, the provincial government will table its latest budget. So what does the Calgary business community hope to see included or not? Joining it, us to talk about it is Deborah Yedlin, president and CEO of the Calgary Chamber. Hi, Deborah. Thanks for being with us. Good morning. How closely will you and Calgary's business community be watching this upcoming budget? Is, is this one specifically important or are all budgets equally important? I would say all budgets are equally important. Of course, this budget will also be used for the UCP uh, as we head into an election uh, later this uh, later this year. But we're all very focused on the budget because, you know, we're sitting on a surplus situation, which a lot of people didn't really expect. We want to see how that surplus is going to be uh, allocated, very focused on affordability and rising costs, obviously very focused as well on what kind of uh, initiatives will be there for economic diversification and competitiveness. And of course, we continuously talk about the importance of talent to ensure that Alberta's economy and Calgary's economy can be successful. So you mentioned what, kind of like the wish list to a certain extent. And from members of the Calgary Chamber, what would... What would uh, it take to be considered a successful budget and a win for, for businesses? Well, obviously, one of the things that we're very focused on is the investment in infrastructure in downtown and the revitalization of downtown. Calgary, you can remember that one of the previous budgets allocated $5 million for downtown revitalization, and nobody was happy with that. So we're obviously looking for something else to support that uh, uh, revitalization downtown. And we really are looking for... Uh, initiatives that uh, support, you know, some give some relief from an affordability and rising costs uh, because we know that everybody's quite challenged right now, uh, whether it's food costs, energy costs, everybody's, uh, the uh, budgets of businesses and Calgarians are very challenged. Yeah, challenged is right. So obviously, as we know, inflation's been pretty tough for a lot of Calgarians and Canadians to swallow as a whole. But how are Calgary businesses managing to navigate all these increases in costs, which they then have to pass on to consumers? It's a it's a tough circle. 
Well, we're in uh, what we call a cost push inflationary environment because there's only so much pricing power you have. And so some of that does get passed on to consumers and some of it doesn't. And so that means profit margins are thinner. And again, you look at it from the perspective that it's been challenging. We've talked about this endlessly through the pandemic. Businesses have taken on it on debt. Now they're facing rising interest rates, especially if they've been floating uh, for their for their lines of credit or however they've borrowed. And so this is just one more squeeze on businesses in Calgary. If you can break it down for us, Deborah, because when we talk about the inflation and, and what you're talking about with a very unique economy right now for these businesses to make money, is it more so retail and service and hospitality industries that are still having it difficult like they were during the pandemic in the sense that, you know, and I, w- I want to charge only so much for the steak sandwich at the, at the pub, but I have to cover my costs. And I want to attract customers, but I can't, you know, be operating a charity. You know, that that's absolutely true. I mean, I think, but I think it's across the board. It's everything from, uh, for whether it's hospitality, retail, we know that the social services sector as well is having challenges because they're facing increased costs. And so it's, it's just, it's a pinch that's being felt around the, around the city. And of course, we saw that Calgary's the third most expensive place to park in North America. Mm-hmm. That's also an issue. Uh, there's all sorts of things that people are really focused on. And at the end of the day, we want to see people being able to take transit safely and affordably, being able to park affordably, and being able to attract consumers and uh, and guests to, to, to uh, establishments and not feel like it's such a big bite out of their out of their budgets. Deborah, I was at a, a fantastic new Mexican restaurant called Milpa down just off 17th Avenue in the southwest. So many new restaurants are opening, and yes, I know some are closing. Do we have any kind of stats on you know how businesses as a whole are being affected in terms of openings and closures over the past what few months or so? Well, I know that there ha- you're right. There have been businesses that have closed, but from the restaurant standpoint. There have been a lot that have opened uh, during the pandemic and since the pandemic. And if you talk to people in the in that world, they'll tell you that there were some, the, the restaurants that did close probably were pushed over the edge by the pandemic. And so um, was it really the pandemic or was it other circumstances? It's hard to tell. But I think that uh, we've seen a real uh, change in the restaurant culture and texture in, in Calgary for sure. I, I'm wondering, uh, Deborah, because you, you referenced that pandemic and, you know, what, was it because or were there other business I- issues for these uh, businesses that were shuttered as a result of the pandemic? But if those businesses have made it through the past three years, do you think that we're beyond at this point blaming the pandemic for, for any issues and road bumps for these businesses? Oh, I, I think it just depends on how, you know, you've, you've come through the pandemic. How did you do that? Did you scale back your business? Um, what kind of debt did you take on? How are you servicing that debt? Or did you find that balance where that helped you get through the challenging times and now you're in a position where you can actually grow and build your business? And so there's so many factors that come into that. You know, again, it's whether, you know, what your financial situation is, what your labor situation is, what your product is, and how you've built your business. So there's so many different factors that uh, that go into that. And how did you, you know, how did you manage mm-hmm. through the pandemic in terms of making sure that you had the capital that you needed to, to keep going? Deborah, just to go back to the you know the number of new businesses and restaurants et cetera that are opening up. Do all businesses you know, sort of get approached by the Calgary Chamber to join? What's the process there, and why would a business or a company or a restaurant want to be part of it? Well, one of the things that we offer for to businesses is something called access to a benefit plan called the Chamber's Plan. 
And that is actually a retention tool. If you are looking at a, at a, at a segment of the economy like restaurants, like hospitality, where there's high turnover, one way to attract and keep your talent is to offer them benefit plans, whether they're full-time or part-time employees. And so that's something that we also offer. But the thing is, we've, you know, we've, we've been very vocal with government at all levels. Uh, particularly provincially and federally from the standpoint of immigration, making sure that we have people that can come into the province that can work in the sectors that are short on talent. We've also been very, very focused on making sure that um, uh, there's affordable childcare. And we, you know, that was something that uh, we were very, very uh, vocal and supportive of because we know that if we can get more uh, affordable childcare, then we have also uh some relief on on the on the labor challenges and so you know there's 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 so many things that we advocate on behalf of businesses uh, that to make you know whether it's affordability uh whether it is child care obviously go to calgarychamber.com and you can see all the other things that we do but we are advocates for the business community from businesses large and small and you know we have uh we have a new membership model and a new marketing plan we're better together if we work together we can maximize and realize potential of the city's economy Deborah, we're going to direct people to calgarychamber.com to find out more about you, or if you just got into the business world, what a great organization to know about, calgarychamber.com. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks so much for having me. Deborah Yedlin, president and CEO of the Calgary Chamber, and to her point, whereas we can't blame things now on the pandemic, it's behind us and you made it through, but what was the cost? You still have some scars to your business. Mm-hmm. And that's the interesting part for me is when we talk about the high cost of things, you want to frequent these businesses, but if your budget doesn't, you know, uh, have, have the uh, extra wiggle room for you. You can't maybe can't go for supper and support the local business. It's, it's tough. tough. There's a lot of people who don't have a lot, a lot of extra anything at yeah. this point in time. But I tell you, I was out at a restaurant last night, and it was packed. And a new restaurant, a brand, brand new. new restaurant, beautiful restaurant. It's called Milpa, M-I-L-P-A, Milpa.ca. Okay. If you want to go online and have a look, uh, authentic Mexican cuisine, a- amazing chef, lovely chef. She came and chatted with us. But it was packed in there, and it was on a Wednesday night, and it's freezing cold out. Yeah. So I think restaurants are still, you know, doing quite... There are still people who are budgeting accordingly. Yep. Maybe they don't have a lot of extra, but they choose to spend that in a restaurant or out for drinks or, or food or that sort of thing. But, I mean, it's just an interesting concept because yeah. there's so many people out there who have nothing, and then you see a restaurant that's packed on a Wednesday night. Do what you can to support, and now I want tacos. What impact does clutter have on our lives? That's the question, and we're going to get some answers as we try to get organized and discuss the cost of clutter. We're joined this morning in studio by Megan Golightly, host of HGTV's Go Simplified, who will be here, in fact, speaking this weekend at the Calgary Home and Garden Show. Hi, Megan. Thanks so much for being here with us. Hi, thanks for having me. Now, you talk about how clutter actually can have a cost. What do you mean by that? Well, there are costs. The costs are often space, which is the obvious. We run out of room for all of those things that we haven't made decisions on. It costs us money because we go out to the store and we buy more things, but we have them at home. She's rolling her eyes and smiling. Yes. It costs us relationships sometimes. We fight about these things. It costs us mental and physical health and you know, it's just stressful. There's studies that say that your women's cortisol is directly related to the amount of things that they have in their homes. Really? So there's a cost of managing the managing of the managing of the things. I this is I talk about it all the time on the show. I'm surprised Sue hasn't kicked me out of the studio yet. <laughs> my goal is to declutter. My goal is to become more of a minimalist. My goal is to look at my closet and say I have 80 shirts and 
in there, and I'd like to get it down to 40 or 30. Right. I try, but it seems like a mountain. What is the key to success, and how can I start and set myself up for success? I know we only have a few minutes with you. Now it's getting serious. <laughs> we need a one-on-one. I know, I, I no, am... that's a very, very common question, and that's why on my Instagram, it's Go Simplified, I talk a lot about the psychology and the neuroscience behind it, because it, if it were easy, we would be doing it, right? So what's happening is you're going back into almost getting into your own way of the reasons all of the story about the story about why you want to hang on to things, which is, I paid too much for this. I better keep mm-hmm. this just because I paid. The money's gone. I might need this in two years. You might. There's nothing. The wrong money's with gone. It? You spent it wrong. It? Yes, just in case. All of those things, <laughs> sentimentality. But this was my dad's shirt. Well, this was the shirt that I got married in. So we need to put those aside if we really are serious and ask ourselves three questions. So look at those things. Say. Do I love this shirt? Like, do I really love this shirt? Mm -hmm. Do I wear this shirt? If I lost this shirt, would I go out and buy it today? So if you really are serious and you ask yourselves those three questions, and I'm serious right now, I'm looking you in the eye and I'm serious. (laughs) But if you are really serious and passionate about helping, and those are the three questions you need to ask yourself, and don't go back into that loop of the the neural path that's been formed, right, of what you've heard your parents say or what you've told yourself. Mm -hmm. You need to get that aside if you're serious and ask those three questions. And that's what I talk about on stage. And I, you know, I thank the home show for having me. I thank uh, Woodridge Lincoln for sponsoring me because I wouldn't be there without both of them. And I can share this message to a lot of people. And it, it brings me joy to talk about it. Well, we'll send people to calgaryhgs.com. That's Calgary Home and Garden Show. You're speaking today. You're speaking Saturday and Sunday as well. We'll uh, do those details again at the end. But I'm curious, you know, it doesn't feel like it today, obviously, but spring is supposed to come eventually. So spring cleaning, it can be daunting, right? It can be overwhelming. If we want to organize our house as a whole, is how is the best way to do? go room to room? Do you start with paper? What do you do? Here we go again. It's the psychology of where to start. Yeah. You cannot clean, tidy, and organize until you've decluttered. The way I see it, the analogy is like a learner's license and a driver's license. And the learner's license is decluttering. The driver's license is organizing. You can't you can't organize until you've decluttered. And that's the hard part, looking at you. That's why you haven't started, (laughs) you know, is because you almost get in your own way and you're not really, really serious, right? Until you have to be. People aren't serious until there's a flood or a fire or they have to call Mm -hmm. us and then they are and then it gets done and we do it in a day. So mentally, physically, space, relationships, all those things, if there is any cost and your mind is doing duration path outcome, neurologically, you're trying to figure out the solution. Even if you're not thinking about it, you're thinking about it (laughs) at night. So it's worth doing because it just brings clarity and Hopefully through my presentation and my page, that's what I hit on over and over and over and over again, those those hints of how to do it. And then I show real life examples of us doing it. Um, so back to your question is you have to do the hard work first. And that is decluttering, letting go. But psychologically, that's the harder spot. But like I said, my Instagram shows all sorts of tips and tricks to help you get going. Going to Instagram now. Yeah, otherwise, don't go to Ikea. Don't go to Bed Bath & Beyond on the way home. That's what people do is the first thing they do is go out and buy the containers. But they... It's because they don't want to do the hard step. Good That's point. A, yeah, I love that because yeah. I've done the same thing. And it's interesting because I think that the same way if you go on a diet and your spouse isn't, they can pull you down or vice versa. I think you have to be on the same page. And correct me if I'm wrong. Can, can one person do this? Because when I talk to my wife and I, I, don't, I don't point fingers at her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
is you never do that to a woman ever. Except you just pointed at me, but that's okay. That's okay. I got three more pointing back at me at the same time. I'm taking the onus, Megan. But I'll say, I need to give her some clothes. And she'll say, no, no, no. You don't need to give her. We just need to find more space. And I say, that's where I think we have to disagree here because we have too many clothes. Yeah, you know, and that's when you have to go back to, you know, I love you and I hear you, but this is important to me and there is a cost to me on one of these levels or three of these levels or all of these levels. And so it's important to me, family, whoever, you know, it's like we get dirty every day. Every couple of days we shower. You don't give up on looking after your body. It's the same with your home. So you have to manage Mm -hmm that more goes out than comes in until you get caught up. And you have to build those, I call them towns, but they're areas of similar things. But again, that's all on my Instagram. You can find it all there. Um, That's where the guts are. But to me, I've been doing it for 14 years and psychologically, it's it's the psychological part that's the hard part. Yeah, most definitely. Okay, well, we're, I'm looking at Insta right now. Go Simplified. You're also, you've got a great website, go-simplified.com. Megan Golightly will be speaking at the Calgary Home and Garden Show today and Saturday and Sunday. The Garden Show is calgaryhgs.com. So lots of places for people to go and get the yeah. information and go and see you live. And, and then I would yeah, assume I could me. ask you some questions. For sure, right? yeah. I love to meet people. Fantastic. So thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank Megan you. Golightly, host of Go Simplified on HGTV.